Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We're headed to the home stretch of football season and basketball is in full swing. And BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the action this year. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Good afternoon or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday, December 16th. I hope y'all are having a fantastic, fantastic day. Uh, We've got a fun show today. DSD is back. I am super excited. It's a DSD in the morning. Glad to talk with our buddy Cam from Daily Sports Dosage again. Uh, Make sure to check out his stuff on TikTok. Because uh, he's blowing up over there, getting close to 200,000 uh, followers over there. I know we can't do much to really knock that divot down a little bit, but every bit counts. We support Cam's stuff because it's fan flipping tastic. So make sure to check that out uh, and enjoy the podcast that we have today. Um, I wanted to do an A block here today. I'm gonna I'm gonna do an A block that kind of we do this every now and then where it's taking you behind the scenes to figure out how the sausage gets made here. I'm always wary of doing the the topic of the day stories in sports because they become less relevant as the, you know, the days and the weeks go on and football season's difficult in doing the analysis. It's why um when you're doing football analysis over 4 months, we try to stay level and not take into all of our evaluations what's happening on a week-to-week basis we try to remain nuanced grounded one result doesn't tell a story especially when the results are random but when we create content like this sometimes you have the story of the week topic that's relevant and there's a few of them going on right now the big one is obviously the covid outbreaks in literally every sport right now like every sport and the country as a whole is having gigantic COVID-19 outbreaks even among vaccinated people because you're seeing mutations of the virus that are leading to more vaccinated people testing positive for COVID even asymptomatically Uh, you saw college basketball games get canceled left and right the uh, Cleveland Browns and Washington football team combined are like down 35 players and like five or six coaches 
before week games this weekend, but you know what? The football machine keeps churning it up. Even if last year the Broncos essentially forfeited a game because they had to play Kendall Hinton at quarterback and wanted to play one of their assistant coaches at quarterback. We're just making up the rules as we go. Essentially forfeit a game in a year where the Denver Broncos just didn't matter. You just keep the train rolling. Um, The thing that's difficult to talk about with that is... I don't know why it's happening right now and whether this is the beginning of something larger. Like when we talk about this from a macro level in society, you see mask mandates going into full effect in California. Not like it wasn't already existing where I am, but, you know, statewide mandates instead of, you know, 80% of most cities already imposing mask mandates. Or you see um, colleges and universities uh, like uh, New York and Princeton and Harvard and Cornell, like uh, lowering uh, their in-person exams or going to remote learning and things of these sorts. You see this on a national level, and I don't know exactly whether this is the beginning of something more or whether it's something larger. So doing the day-to-day reaction is something I wanted to stay away from, including in football, because yesterday if we had done this topic on, I guess, Tuesday night leading into Wednesday, we wouldn't have known. Literally, there there's like an outbreak of a third of the team for the Washington football team or known that it was 17 Cleveland Browns that had tested positive or known that you had uh, outbreaks. I think it was like in the NBA, 50 plus people testing positive for COVID. So that's the story going on in the background, but I didn't really have anything nuanced to talk about with that. There's also the the story that came through on Wednesday about Travis Hunter, uh, the number one recruit in the country in college football, choosing to go to Jackson State over Florida State. And, you know, the the reason I don't really have a nuanced take around this one is that there's just so much information that's difficult to process because you see the Jackson State program paying players in different ways than we've seen before. It's how they've brought in uh, they've used the the allure of HBCUs for you know an America that is not my America. You've seen that allure for people to want to have that experience. I think they've net four top three hundred recruits in the last recruiting class, and then obviously Hunter this year at a school that you know historically has no business of being in that game in college football. You don't think of Jackson State as big money college football. You see that transition with Deion Sanders, and I don't know what the connection is to Barstool and what it is to Gillette and Aflac and different endorsement deals you can get for players here and there. There's a lot of misinformation thrown around on that, and I don't know what's secure there. So it's hard to talk about that story, too, even though I find it super fascinating. There's a development in the Dan Snyder Washington football team case that's fascinating, but it's a lot of information we've discussed before. It's been out there that he's been accused of sexual misconduct across the last, I think in 2009 was the specific case where he's accused of sexual uh, harassment on a team plane and then settled that out of court quietly back in 2011. It came to light during the investigation that we don't know about. There's a Washington Post story about Dan Snyder trying to basically um, threaten and uh, threaten former team employees with lawsuits, intimidation to try and keep them from talking to investigators or the Washington Post. There were no ramifications because ultimately the Beth Wilkinson, the attorney who was leading the investigation into the Washington football team did end up interviewing all the people she wanted to. 
So even though Snyder tried to deter the investigation, it was not really successful, and so there's not much repercussion there. All of these are interesting stories. I just don't know whether there's anything nuanced or interesting to talk about other than just bringing up that they exist right now because these are three stories that I find uniquely fascinating. I just am scared of doing the day-to-day analysis at this point because I don't have deeper, nuanced, complex takes around these things, but I just wanted to bring up that they exist. So in sidestepping around a larger conversation, we spent 10 minutes talking about these things that I find super fascinating without being able to dive deeper into it, which again... The, the Jackson State thing is really difficult because there's just not enough information around this story. Is there money out there uh, already earned by Travis Hunter? Is this a, a, a changing landscape of college football where the HBCUs become more relevant in national recruiting because it's a different experience than big money college football? And if the path is secure to the NFL anyways, and those schools have the same money and resources thrown around in NIL deals in a changing time in college sports, how does that impact uh, recruiting by Deion Sanders? And how does Deion Sanders then decide to build something at Jackson State that moves the other way? It's very complex and interesting. Uh, I'm just not the person that has the information to give nuanced takes around that. Same thing with the COVID case, because I feel like if we wait this out, there's going to be newer developments in the next couple weeks, whether it's uh, fascination around labor negotiations, how like NBA and NFL unions are fighting for less COVID testing, which I find to be really, really an interesting play for them, which I guess is ultimately like a fight for rights to dictate, um, you know, body function, body control. And, uh, the same reason that you would fight for an anti-vaccination mandate is having the NFL imposing restrictions upon players without some sort of collective bargaining is the stance of the union. And so that makes more sense, but that part's fascinating to this story, whether or not you're I mean, deeper than how it impacts the on-field results, it's how you deal with this again in your sport because the NFL kind of like made the the plane in the sky as they went last year and that was super fascinating to see schedules get moved around and games get moved around we haven't had that this year because of high vaccination rates but if you're still getting more positive COVID tests it's interesting to see how that plays out so I don't have really deeper complex takes other than addressing these stories that filled up an A block. It sufficiently talked about what I wanted to talk about with those three stories. Couldn't pick one to talk about, wanted to talk about all. So we did just broad categorization of all of them. Does it make for interesting content? I don't know. But if you do want interesting content, stay tuned because we've got some good stuff right now with our buddy Cam from Daily Sports Dosage. The DSD in the morning is back, people. And I hope you enjoy it here on today's Take It Easy podcast. New sponsor alert here on the Take It Easy podcast. It is Lightbox Jewelry. Using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques, Lightbox Jewelry has cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you can find at a light price of just $800 per carat. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment.
Yeah, usually I just have a rolling recording. I just forgot to do it this time. But basically, I find it funny that um, after the Steph Curry record gets broken, you just have all these weird videos and photos that pop up of like Spike Lee taking photo shoots behind him. And then uh, Del Curry. I don't know if you saw a bunch. I saw a bunch of stuff about Del Curry. (laughs) It's it's actually kind of sad. It's like, damn, dude. The dude just like looks so, I don't know. Del Curry rocking <laughs> the rocking the Gucci belt. He's got the trim yeah. down, uh, trim down waist. Him and his yeah, mom. Did you are, see, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She cheated on him or something with that like Patriots tight end that looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so basically, um, just football. Seth Rogen. We ha- we have Seth yeah, Rogen. Yeah. We have sports. Set, we have we have meme Seth Rogen, and then we have football. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they yeah, were both was, there, but sitting in separate parts of the arena. Yeah. I thought that was kind of uh, sad. It, yeah. The whole thing was kind of awkward. Yeah. I also, um, I also just re- learned recently that one of Steph Curry's teammates is married to Steph's yeah, I knew that. sister. His, his sister. Yeah. Wow. What's his name? Uh, I forget his name. He's got it's, the dreads. Yeah. It's, it's Lee is his last name. It's, it's either Damon or Damien. I don't know how to pronounce oh, Damien, it. Yeah, Damien Lee. Yeah, I couldn't remember if there was an I or not in there, but yeah, Damian yeah. Lee. Um, yeah, well, because it's always funny when they when they play against the um, the six the seventy sixers, they all take a picture together, and I I I, I with um Seth, and I never knew why, but now I like now I know why. Obviously. I think that might be where I found out about it. But what was funny is that I I like to envision the idea of them at like the at holidays where he like pretend yeah. he's like i'm a splash brother too and they're like yeah mm. it's it, still it, crazy though that like at that family get together is like just like all these freaking professional athletes like did you i'm um, like the whole thing with um what's his name uh uh what's his name uh paul george and seth curry's wife like, seth happened. curry's wife is is it doc river's daughter yeah yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure she something happened with with uh <laughs> with um uh Paul George and Seth Curry's daughter, I mean wife. Something I, I don't know what it was, but it was something like he like cheated on her with like a stripper or something, and he's like still with the stripper. I, I can't remember it's something like yeah, something like hilarious. It's something like that because I know Paul George and Doc Rivers had yeah, like exactly. beef when they were on the Clippers. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was wicked awkward when he got traded there because it was like, wait, he, he cheated on his daughter. <laughs> Not only that, the Doc Rivers like was was trying to make that happen because they wanted Kawhi yeah. and Paul George. Doc Rivers is like, yeah. all right, I got to swallow my pride on this one. Yeah. Yeah. He literally he just he, he just sold the soul to the devil. That's that one is weird. Damian yeah. Lee's a unofficial splash brother. This is weird when you have everyone in those circles like that. Yeah, it's weird it is how that kind of works out. For sure. Yeah. All right, it's been it's been a month, and yes. your triumphant return, even in the span that you were gone, the Patriots have not lost a football game. So I'm just going to give you the floor on that one. I'm just going to yeah. give you the floor on your Patriots real quick. Honestly, I it's I feel great. Like, obviously, right? How do you not feel great? But, like, I think that the commentary is getting kind of out of control about them. Like, like, you know, I'm not rooting against Mac Jones at all. Like, don't don't take that for what I'm saying. But, like, I'm starting to, like, not – not that I don't like him. It's just 
I don't know. Like these people would treat him like he's like freaking like, dude, he's good. Like he actually, this, this year he has been the best rookie quarterback, but that doesn't mean that he's the most talented. Like I would probably still trade back Jones today for Trevor Lawrence. Like, no, I definitely would like yesterday. I, I definitely would. Yeah. And, and people just, you know, like it's all about situation. Like are you, you're telling me if Mac Jones was in Jacksonville, he'd be good. Like, no way, dude. Jacksonville's a freaking dumpster fire. So, I mean, the real thing to me is that Bill's back. Like, Bill's just back. Like, he's just, like, he has that, like, psychological thing now. Like, he's back. And I don't really know what that means, but the Brady-Belichick debate is back on to a certain extent. Like, (laughs) not like – well, Brady won a Super Bowl, right? But – now it's like Bill never, like Bill never really lost it. Just had that had that one retooling year with Cam Newton. So I don't know. Like I feel good about that. They're obviously going to be relevant now, but um, I, I can't help but feel they're a little overrated. Uh, for what? Well, let's see. Where do you rate them? Because I'm I'm interested to see how this compares to myself. Where do you rate them at this point? In the league or the AFC? Because this is where this is the, this is the point. You could go, you could go for both. You could go for both. So I can tell you right now, I think that the AFC is so bad. And it's like the league itself is kind of bad this year. Like there's a lot of dumb teams. There's a lot of talented teams for sure. But um, so let's do the AFC first. So I would say, obviously the Chiefs, like no matter, they're, they're quietly like sneaking back up into the ranks. I think the Chiefs are the best in the league, but. Um, I tried to warn people. Everyone was saying, yeah, "Oh, the Chiefs are going to struggle to miss the playoffs." Oh, the Chiefs have yeah, a hard schedule. Yeah. And yeah, my boy, like if, you, if you talk to me, through. I knew they were going to figure it out. I mean, yeah. like honestly, if you ask me, the Chiefs are the scariest team in the NFL for one specific reason: battle-tested teams win. I don't. I can tell you right now that I am certain that they're going to be in the AFC championship game. And it's if it's against the Patriots, I don't know. I think the Patriots in the it, I think the road to Super Bowl is going to be through the is going to be through um like that that game. I don't know if it's going to be on the road for the Patriots or whatever, but um I would say my power rankings in the AFC is probably the Chiefs and then I guess the Patriots, but if you look at like if the Titans were healthy, maybe I would probably take the Titans. Um yeah, like like what are your rankings? I'm actually interested. So Chiefs for, definitely for the number one. We were talking about this last week when um, our buddy Gage Bridgeford came on and he said he thinks the Patriots can be exposed by a team like Kansas City, especially well, offensively. I, for sure. And for I sure. agreed with him, but I also said Kansas City's the only team. The matchup yeah, I no, want more than Yeah, that's anything. what I'm saying. People, yeah, people, people don't understand that. Like that's like, dude, the Patriots, the NFL stinks. You know what I mean? Like everyone's average, so like I, everyone's like, "Oh, the Patriots, you know, are winning games without in without guys that are injured." And it's like, well, everyone's injured. Everyone stinks on the road. Everyone, you know, except the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, of I'm course. More in general. Yeah, 
everyone is dealing with those problems and the matchup I want to see more than anything, which now might not happen because of injury, but the matchup I wanted to see more than anything was Baltimore at new England in the second round of the playoffs, just because I feel like those two teams are so evenly matched, even with, because Baltimore has all the injuries like Baltimore, totally healthy, best team in the AFC or right up there with the chiefs. Like it's, it's those two and then it's everyone else, but Baltimore hasn't been healthy for two goddamn seasons. Yeah, it's more about just Patrick. I'm more about um L- Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is like healthy. Like I'm feel I feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah, but I like, like we don't really know where he's at. They can they can survive the entire team being injured except Lamar Jackson and still yeah. have at least a puncher's chance of making the AFC championship. And yeah, part of definitely. that is that the conference is full of like Titans who are going to get in and yeah. aren't very good, and Chargers who are fine. Just a bunch but, of pretenders. Yeah, I mean. They're just teams that and aren't young. as good and young, like just like young, like 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 I, we know the Chargers are gonna be good, like they're gonna be good, but are they good yet? Like we're not sure. You no, know I, what I mean? Like I said this week, the Chargers are basically in a tier that's like they're gonna be six point underdogs in a first round playoff game, like and that's a huge victory for the Chargers. If you had told Chargers fans at the start of the year, "Hey, you're gonna win ten games and make the playoffs," they would have been stoked. Same thing with the Bengals. It's like if you told them you're gonna be eight and eight in the last week of the season and have like a, a outside chance of making the playoffs. Bengals fans would have been stoked at the start of the year. Yeah. And that's fine. Those teams are going to get better. Maybe Bengals. I don't know what they can do, but chargers are yeah, going to get kinda, better. Yeah. They're kind of where they are. Unless, you know, cause like Jabbar Chase, I mean, that guy, are you kidding? Jamar Chase, like what a freaking <laughs> beast, dude. Oh my gosh. He's been, he's been so great. And then so disappointing for my fantasy team. Cause he started <laughs> off with I think yeah, he had like, like a 700 yards in five games. And since then he's had like 400 yards in the next six yeah. games or something. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted for Jamar chase, but yeah. So the, the chart you did, you put that video out about like, I feel you felt like anyone could win the super bowl this year. That was yeah. like what, like three weeks ago or something on the YouTube. Yeah. I feel a little bit differently about that now. That's what I was going to ask. Cause I feel like there's like four teams that feel like they're this, the same thing that happens every year where like, once you get to the conference championship game, it's kind of a toss up. Cause there's like four yeah. elite teams this year feels like Kansas city, new England, green Bay, Tampa are those teams, yeah. which is three of the yeah. same four as last year. Ironically. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be shocked though, if it, like a team snuck in there. Right. Like, if it's like, um, even like the Bengals, like I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, not, not, I would be actually stunned if the Bengals made the Super Bowl. to be honest, but I'm saying yeah. more along the lines of just like, you know, just the Bengals. You know what but I mean? like pull but, one upset, like do what the Titans yeah, did yeah. in 2019, where you have like a once every five years upset in the playoffs. Yeah. So like Kirk Cousins beating the 13 win Saints. Like sometimes football just happens like that. Yeah, definitely something like that. Yeah, I would say that in in, in something like that. But I don't know the the Rams are oh, the Rams, dude. They're so talented. I just I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about them. I don't know. Uh, so, so to answer your question, who I who, like, what, what are the rankings? Like, I, I think it's really just the Chiefs. If they just play their game, they should win the Super Bowl. Like, I think it's that simple. But I do think that the Patriots are more like Bill Belichick has a good grasp on um, Patrick Mahomes, like, whatever that means. Like, to a certain, it's a, probably the best grasp you can get on the freaking guy. He's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
I just have questions about Mac Jones, like like everybody else. Like I just don't like it's not it's not like I'm saying he can't do it. I just don't know if he can get in that big spot, big shootout. You know they they haven't. You know uh, I just don't know. So it's just a weird thing where like I'm kind of questioning him, but like in the back of my mind, it's like he's a rookie. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's just it's a weird spot to be in because like I really think the Patriots could win the Super Bowl this year. Like I actually do. But part of me is like, I need to like take a step back and really be like, all right, like, you know, let's not like, let's pump the brakes on that a little bit because, you know, this is a big game this week. I think, I feel like a, a lot would be told about the Patriots this week once if they beat the, um, the Colts in like a convincing fashion. Like, I think the Colts are a good team. They're kind of like the middler, but they have really good players. Yeah. So, specifically uh, Taylor. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. So I would say, you know, uh, probably Chiefs, you know, Rams are right there. Bucks, I mean, Green Bay. Uh, yeah, Arizona, there's like Patriots. Dallas. Yeah, Arizona. Then like the pa- See, that's it's funny because I'm not giving the Patriots like a good like, you know, like a, like, a, like a moral victory for losing those games against Dallas or um, um, the Buccaneers. But I feel like it was so early in the season. I think that the fact how they played against them, specifically the the Bucs, because I think Dallas, they kind of just threw up on themselves. If they just played better, they would win by a million in that game. But I think they basically almost won that game. They went to overtime against Dallas. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. But the, but, but Dallas should have won walking backwards. Like they, they like had like two times they were in like within like the five yard line at the red zone. Like they just, Dallas is just a dumb team sometimes, as we all know. But I do think at the end of the day, like, they're talented as any other team. I mean, spe- specifically Parsons, like that guy's a freaking monster. He's a, he like literally could win the defensive player of the year, not even just rookie of the year. It's insane. Yeah. He's going to be in the conversation, even though I think miles Garrett's probably going to win it. He's going to yeah, be like, right. He there should. At the end. Yeah, he should. But yeah, I mean like, it's just the fact he's a rookie he's right in there is insane. I mean, it's like your boy, Mac Jones. Like when was the last, I mean, the, the dilemma you're having about Mac Jones is a similar one that I had to Josh Allen, which is that I had already declared him to be bad, and then he ended up being good, so you're forever branded a hater. Uh, the other yeah. problem is that I don't like the people who are aggressively yeah. defending Josh Allen and aggressively defending Mac Jones, but at yeah. the same time, like you get branded a hater in that way because you hated on them early, and I, we made fun for like two months of the idea that Mac Jones was going to be drafted ahead of Justin Fields. Like it just seemed idiotic. And now you you look back now and it's like, well, Mac Jones has gotten a little better. Justin Fields has the, the raw talent, but you know, he's in a Definitely. terrible situation. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, and that's, and that's just the thing. Like the system in the Patriots is by far the best system for, I mean, I don't know, maybe in the league, but for rookie quarterback, I mean, like, it's take it a step further. That. It's the greatest system in the history of American professional sports. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not trying to say Tom. See, this is where I get kind of like sit, like the, the, the Tom versus Belichick argument kind of bothers me. It's like, I think both of them were so important for each other. And I don't think Belichick would be anything without Brady. And I don't think but, but, uh, Brady would be anything with Belichick. Like, I just really think that. They were perfect for each other. And now Brady's such a guy. Brady has borderline mastered the football game. Like, mastered it. The guy's with the the freaking MVP. And he's like 92. It's insane, dude. It's 
It's insane. I do feel like we're kind of copping out by giving him the MVP this year, but it is kind of incredible that he is about to win the MVP again. The fact that he's in there is just like, like, like him winning it or not, like he's 42, 44 years old. Like, are you kidding me? It would be his second MVP post 40 years old. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. it, it is stupid. It is stupid. Like, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Anymore. You know, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done saying he's done. Like, for real. The I'm last time him tell me the last time we did the DSD pod was when uh, I had just started reading the uh, the Seth Wickersham book about oh, yeah. Brady and Belichick. It's like, dude, it's like a 19 hour audio book like that shit. It's thick. And yeah. Uh, I, I I'm about 90% done. I'm, I'm at the, uh, I'm just after the super bowl now after the, the last Rams super bowl. So we're getting close to mm-hmm. the breakup at this point. And one of the most revealing things that I saw about the Patriot way was one that, uh, Bill Belichick's like strategy is basically, if you don't make mistakes, the other team will make a mistake. It's like when yeah. they make mistakes, that's when you capitalize. If you do everything you're supposed to, they will make the mistakes. And when they make the mistakes, that's when you capitalize. He also is pretty clear. Like you're only competing against like four other teams in the NFL. Like everyone else is just doing it wrong. He's like, just dumb. Everyone else. Yeah. Everyone else is just doing it so poorly that if we all do our jobs and, and I do my job exactly the way that we know how to, we're only competing against like four other teams in the sport. Cause we're just smarter and everyone else is going to do dumb stuff. Cause we're all yeah. kind of dumb when it comes to this. And Bill Belichick's the greatest defensive mind in the history of football, helping, yeah. you know, get that advantage. But the other thing that was Definitely. interesting is that he fully admits, like, if not for Tom Brady, there's no, there's nothing here. And the thing that he says before he retires, according to the book, again, like this is reporting done, is that Bill Belichick wants to not leave his predecessor in a crappy situation like what um bill walsh did with the 49ers where he basically yeah. just like left and was like ah tough shit deal with it and then they won a super bowl and he's like ah crap i gotta go coach stanford now because my legacy's in jeopardy like, yeah, Bel- yeah, yeah belichick wants to make sure his sons are firmly like their careers are well underway in coaching and yeah. he wants to solidify the quarterback position and then he's going to retire and Josh McDaniels is basically like mini me, Bill Belichick. Well, it's funny about Josh McDaniels because this guy like was going to probably leave, I'd say. And then he, now he, he accepted the job. They did an Instagram yeah. post uh, welcoming him as the new coach of the Colts. Yeah, like, like yeah, legit. And, and I think that I think that this Mac Jones situation really kind of um, – muddied the water there if, if that makes any sense like it kind of changed how he's going to handle it i think we'll, we'll have to see we'll have to see yeah it, it was super interesting there because uh bill bill was pissed when they made him trade jimmy garoppolo like that was a moment yeah. where he started looking at other jobs i didn't realize that at the time like he was yeah. he he at least floated the water of other jobs. He's like, okay, this is when ownership is starting to get a little too meddling because Kraft wouldn't let him get rid of Brady. And I mean, but ultimately Garoppolo. he was uh, ultimately he was wrong. Like you it, know what I mean, right? It yes and no. I honestly think both worked out the same way because they firmly believe that with the Patriots system. Garoppolo yeah. would have been at like a top 12 to 10 to 12 quarterback, kind of like what Kirk Cousins is. They felt like I mean, in fairness, 
that that is actually a good point because I, I Jimmy Garoppolo is not that bad. Everyone makes it sound like he's horrible. Like if he was on the Patriots and basically was put into the Mac Jones spot, I think he'd be fine. But he's soft as soft can be. He really is. Like there's so many reports out there saying that he like literally like taps out of games. Like he's always injured. Like there, I don't know if you ever saw that Martellus Bennett in, in, interview with him and um the McCordy brothers, and he like. Just, I mean, Marte- did Martellus Bennett things and just completely ripped them. And it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Like in hindsight, probably Tom Brady's the better choice, but it's really not that much of a difference. Like yeah. the Patriots, Tom Brady hasn't been like a top five quarterback in the NFL for a couple of years now. Yeah, and definitely. If they, if they firmly believe that Garoppolo could have been like Kirk Cousins for them for the last five years or six years, I forgot when he got traded. I think it was 2017 was when he got yeah, traded. It, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was right before, I think, the, the, or right after the Falcons Super Bowl, I think, was the year that they lost the Eagles. That was the year he got traded. So that was, what, four years ago now? Um, if he would have been that for like four or five years – Versus what Tom Brady's been for the last four or five years. It's it's not that much of a difference. It's not like, it's not like, oh my gosh, they don't have, it's not like the saints where they like, oh, we don't have a quarterback anymore. We don't have anyone after Drew Brees or the Steelers don't have anyone after Ben Roethlisberger. It's like, yeah, probably like pure last five years you take Brady, but it's not that much of a difference. And yeah. Belichick, I guess Belichick just wanted Garoppolo because he was tired of dealing with the Brady stuff of like Brady branching off or like Brady not being part of the Patriot way anymore. It was interesting. Yeah, it was because like the, it was because of the Guerrero thing. Like the guy, like the his uh, um, you know, um, TB12 method. I, I and but um, Guerrero so, was definitely part of it. I never realized that yeah. they're like they're like BFFs. Like Guerrero and Tom Brady are yeah. like business guys and BFFs because. There's a really interesting part where they talk about like the psychology of just wanting people to believe in them. And Tom yeah. Brady basically set a goal in 2012 or 2013. He's like, I'm going to play till 45. That's my goal. How do I achieve that? And Guerrero's like, Guerrero was the one person who looked at him. He's like, all right, let's do it. And he was, he didn't think it was dumb. He didn't think it was weird. He's just like, all right, let's go do it. And Brady rewarded him with that loyalty in the last decade or so as they become yeah. business partners. The problem is that people Guerrero is like a real like kind of slimy little guy there. He, well, yeah, uh, he also has produced like fake science journals also and said that, you know, you can if you, take you can this, cure cancer you eat, like, with cancer, his, yeah. His methods. Yeah. It's like Yeah, yeah. So like so so that's why people don't do not trust him. But I'll tell you this though. Um the reason why the Belichick and Brady, you know, um wouldn't exist without Brady is Brady bought into Belichick's way and other players saw that. So that's why they're like, Oh, the greatest of all time is buying and I'm going to buy in. So that's what made the Patriots. So, so great. And then once, you know, Brady bought it all the time and then they were winning so much. Like now that's why Belichick's able to be like, this is what we do. Watch. And And Brady eventually like kind of became his own person. He had his own like, I mean, Tom Brady is an economy like he became separate yeah, yeah. from the Patriot way kind of around like 2013 was when the shift happened where it's like he w- he had issues with his marriage and then he decided, OK, I'm going to start skipping voluntary OTAs now so I can spend the offseason with my family and I don't have to do all the stuff with the Patriots. I can be Tom Brady and not be 
the quarterback of the Patriots all the time. It does. He, he which I like think is, which I think person. is absolutely asinine too. That guy, I've heard that before too. He's like, oh, I'm going to skip the OTA and be my family pro. You get like four months off, five months off of a year. Like who gets that? Like the, these football, these NFL players are just professional athletes live in la la land. They really do. It just Tom Brady's like, Ah, so this is the part about Tom Brady I don't like. I don't like the fact that he thinks he's bigger than God, even though he is. I'm, I'm just being honest. But it's <laughs> you like, just wanted the humility of recognizing yeah, you're like, bigger than God. Yeah, like you're still a human being, bro. Like you don't know what I go through. Like you're not a normal person. Like don't, like, don't pretend like you know what like what it's like to be normal. Like I remember he remembers that it's like a distant memory in his mind. But he's a freaking he's like an A-list celebrity, bro. Like yeah. he's like. Or at the very least, he's he like, was one not that long ago. Like now, I guess he is still, but it's just, it's less like Tom. It's just in, in a non like paparazzi era. Tom Brady's I'll not t- the same I'll, thing. I'll tell you this. He's probably what, if not the most recognizable U.S. athlete besides LeBron James. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty close. If if not, if not, a, if not Kevin Durant, then probably him. Yeah. Yeah, like oh Steph Curry, like I forgot Steph Curry. If not Steph Curry, then then him for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean this is really like the basketball is bigger than the NFL, like worldwide. But like, like yeah, it's why it's just it's, it's just crazy. I mean, we've played this game with football players before, where the helmet also kind of like makes yeah, people less sure. recognize you that way. Like, if Justin Jefferson was sitting next to you yeah. in a restaurant, would you know it's Justin Jefferson? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I probably would just because I know, like, but like, I say normal people would not. Like, I'll tell you this, like, Tyreek Hill, like, he's like a normal looking guy. Like, he's obviously jacked, but he's small. Like, yeah, you know, like the reason you recognize you know you're you're the person who recognized Braxton Berrios though on a plane. Yeah. So that this yeah. might not be the best person to ask about that. Oh, but. oh, I, I have a funny story. So me and my wife were at um the mall, and this is like just like just why I'm I'm really good at this stuff. We used to watch a show called Six Days In. I don't know if you've ever seen the show before. I have but not. It, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, yeah, I forgot that you don't see anything. Yeah, so, we can play that game again. It doesn't know. <laughs> I did watch season two of Ted Lasso, though. I, I oh, did nice. Yeah, that. Ted Lasso was really good. Ted Lasso was really good. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were at the mall. It's it, it just one of my – it's like – it's something I, I just really like the show. Like, I, I've I've seen, like, every, every season. So, basically, these contestants go into the jail – um to fake fake like that they, they're in jail to like get information for um the uh the jail so they'll go in there and like just like try to figure out stuff so it's just kind of like a reality show but i saw one of the contestants at the mall and i like went up to him and i was like hey are you the guy from six days and he's like yeah I, that's awesome that you you noticed me it just it's just funny it just proves your point that i for some reason i have like a knack at that for no reason actually it's like one of the most useless skills you could possibly have is recognizing moderately famous people when you see yeah. them. Yeah, like 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 I would be that guy to go out in public and like notice like a YouTuber and be like, hey, that guy is a YouTuber. Like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's kind of weird actually. That's I also saw that um the guy did that Squid Games thing and I, I noticed that you were not in it. So that oh, is, that was a little unfortunate. Hey, by the way, you're saying that guy. Come on, man. It's Mr. Beast. He's the freaking Mr. Goat. Beast. I couldn't remember if it was PewDiePie or Mr. Beast. Okay, fair, fair. Couldn't fair, remember fair. which one the, it was. They I, are on the same level. Yeah, those two, I think Markiplier is another famous one, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. That that um, might be the extent of what I can give you on YouTubers. Oh man, dude. I tried to get on that. I really did. I actually tried to um like apply, but it just was like too fast. Yeah. I it get just, it. It just like it just didn't happen in time. It was it was a, it was a leap really... in a prayer. It was it was a leap yeah. in a prayer to try and get in. For sure, for sure. But I just thought I just thought I had the, you know, I just thought I had it, but I guess not. I just didn't have the um whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> the luck, I guess. Yeah, yeah, whatever. There. Do you think you would recognize Christian McCaffrey if you saw Christian yes. McCaffrey? Yeah. Funny, funny you say that. Actually, I was at on the airplane with four Braxton Barrios, and I looked to my wife, and I was like, "That's either Christian McCaffrey or Braxton Barrios." And I was very sadly told that it was Braxton Barrios. Fair so, enough. Maybe maybe the white look, skill position like, players are easier to figure out. There's less of those guys. The the, the white yeah, like, skill position players might be easier. like I could tell you. Like I would I would have problems like seeing like a defensive lineman or something like just one of these like you know like or even a lineman. Like I know like the Patriots guys, but like, you know, you could probably assume that they're somebody when they're freaking huge. But outside of that, like you just don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Well, this year's Patriots team is weird because they're mostly like a lot of these are nameless guys. Like other than yeah, Judon definitely. and the sleeve. I think Judon, I'd ha- he'd have to be wearing the red sleeve for me to recognize him. I think if he's Judon like, would he, have he, to have the sleeve. I think you would see him because he's huge. He's he, yeah. he's a he's a beast. And he's like He's got like a really big hair and really big beard. I don't know. I just feel like when you have that type of like persona, like it's at least people would notice you and they'd be like, oh, who is that? But yeah, I'm good at this stuff. But I'll tell you this baseball, no chance I would know some of these guys. No chance, dude. Jacob DeGrom, you, you wouldn't be able to get Jacob uh, DeGrom. I would be able to get Jacob DeGrom just because of how, how much of like he's like he's different. Like he's like on that. But if you said something like, I don't know, like, one of the, like the big stars, like, like, I guess, I guess I would know, uh, I'll basically like meeting Machado and I, would you get, would you get Vlad jr? Uh, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm just really bad at this. I'm really bad. At, I'm a bad example. Well, I, I mean, really I can I start know. throwing out more obscure names. Like if I ask you about Marcus Semyon, you're probably not going to know what Marcus no, Semyon looks like. No, but, but, but you know, what's funny though. If I saw him, I have this like knack where like I can tell just by the person. Like literally, when I saw Braxton Barrios, what made me realize he was famous was just his aura. I don't know how to describe it, but I don't know if you've ever really met someone who's famous or professional athlete, but they literally are just like like they just have this thing that makes them different. I don't know how to describe it, but I have. Yeah, I, I, I've been right. For it. Yeah, I've been. I've been right nine times out of ten like one another time i had no idea who this guy was he was a golfer and i looked at my buddy he works for the mga which is the massachusetts golf association i'm like who's that guy he's like why I'm like dude you just got something about him because oh yeah he's like the, he's like the t- top five golfer in the world and i'm like yeah oh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that's also why you're good at who he played for because you just remember yeah. jersey colors that's like yeah, I, I have a, yeah, I, I have like an OCD remembering thing. It's weird. I don't know, but but outside of that, like my my memory is junk. <laughs> I, it's 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 not used for it's not used for uh, any good things. I guess well, mine's not used for any good things. Mine's just used to remember stats, like Carolina Panthers are twenty two, or when they scored twenty two points, or five and zero, oh, and when they don't, they're zero oh and nine. It's just mine's well, good for remembering weird shit like that. Matt Rule might get fired this year. 
or next year? No, not next year. I mean, I don't think he should get fired. Like, I mean, I just they just had a freaking. Well, why, so so I I feel like you're gonna know more about this. Why did Joe? Why did that guy get fired? What why did Joe about? Brady get fired? Dude, yeah, you know yeah, like, what's, it, what's interesting about this is that we've, we've said for a while the Carolina Panthers are like perpetually mediocre. Like they've had a yeah. rough two decades yeah. except for getting the, like the greatest. And, yeah, they got the greatest physical athlete in the history of the sport. Yeah, <laughs> just by like, chance. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they had one year where they happened to get the number one pick. Actually, they've done that twice because they also got Julius Peppers. who was just like guaranteed Hall of Famer from the day he was drafted. Yeah. So they, they've yeah. technically got that luck twice, but uh, if you would have told me like two months ago, Carolina's perpetually mediocre, I would have believed you, but not that they're like their, their, their owner is a meddler. Like their owner is really like dysfunctional and really wants to be hands-on with stuff, which is usually where you get some of the worst organizations is when owners want to yeah. be hands-on just because yeah. uh, owners are not, except for Jerry Jones, for some reason, owners are not as smart as the people who are actually hired to do jobs and they're of like, like evaluating and they're players fo- they're just football fans they're not like yeah they're not they're qualified to run football teams jerry jones yeah. is the one exception because he's been doing it for 30 years but, but 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 i would argue he needs to give that up yeah no that's totally fair like they they've done well because he has the experience but jerry jones also can't be fired if he does poorly like in fairness in fairness to the cowboys like that They've been bad, but they haven't been like perpetually mediocre for no. a decade. The Cowboys' problem no. is that they just don't know when to move on from people. Yeah, they, and, and they and they make poor signings. But I could tell you, he he has had some really good um, drafts recently. You know, Dak I mean, Prescott. You know, uh, CD Lamb. Yeah, like Micah the reason, Parsons, this freaking yeah. monster. The reason we don't talk about the Cowboys as like perpetually mediocre is because. They got Tony Romo undrafted and they got Dak Prescott in the fourth yeah. round of the draft. And that's 25 years of quarterbacks. It undrafted yeah, and the to, fourth round of the draft. Yeah. Hard to, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just, it's just yeah. ridiculous luck or whatever yeah. you want to call it for, for Jerry Jones in there. Like, it's just, it's cause for a decade, they were like shit after, after Troy. Aikman I just retired. can't believe, I just can't believe that, um, Dak Prescott won in the fourth round because I, I like I'm not even just saying this just because we're on the like we're talking about it. Like I thought this is why I, I feel like I know nothing when I watch when I like talk about football because I thought he was gonna be like a first round pick. Oh, he was. And, the reason the reason he fell is one, the Broncos like Paxton Lynch, and two, he had a DUI like three months before the oh, draft. Okay. That's that's basically the only reason. And then there were just no okay. quarterbacks in the second round, no quarterbacks. In, in the third round, actually, uh, Jerry Jones, this is a fun story about that. Jerry Jones wanted to trade up to draft Connor cook in the third round and Yikes. three picks before the Cowboys, Connor cook was taken by the Raiders. So he's like, ah, I guess we got to take this Prescott kid because <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't trade up to get Connor cook. We have, we have to take Dak Prescott now. Yeah. It, it, it's just funny. Cause like, I don't know, but I, I really am wrong a lot though. I'm like, like, I'm mean, just, cause I'm a sport. I'm just a sports fan. I mean, just like a normal guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's crazy. Like I, like I really thought that he was going to be like, I thought he was going to be nasty throughout, throughout the jump. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting that he fell, but 
Well, not only even yeah. Russell, even Russell Wilson. Like I remember when he was in college, I was like, dude, this guy is nasty. Like, why? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying he's like I didn't think he was going to be. I definitely didn't think he was going to be as good as he is now, for sure. I definitely yeah. You didn't think he was going to be future Hall of Fame quarterback? No, no, no. But I thought he was going to be like uh, like a quarterback. You know, like maybe like uh, you know, like a like a Kirk Cousins light at least. Like I thought that that could be his like destiny. But I didn't think he was going to be. You know arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation, <laughs> like anything yeah. like that. <laughs> our generation's Drew Brees, which is, yeah. well, I mean, Russell Wilson's played bad for like a year and a half now, which is weird, but at the, it's still like Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer regardless. Well, he's also been like kind of injured. I, I kind of give him a pass. And I think Pete Carroll is probably going to have to, you know, go on his very way soon. This makes me so fucking pissed because uh, I was so right about this. When, last year, when the oh, Seahawks yeah, were. were six and one, yeah, you definitely were. They gave Pete Carroll a four-year extension, and I said immediately when they signed that, I'm like, if they don't like have a deep playoff run this year, that contract's going to look a whole lot worse for the Seahawks. If if they don't well, have a deep and, playoff run this and time. in the off season, you were talking about how like you know like you, you were disappointed at uh, um, Russell Wilson. Oh, and like, corporate Russell. Yeah, because dude, like you know, like. No matter how much people hate Aaron Rodgers, you got to give him credit for at least like you know sticking to his guns. It's like, dude, corporate like Russell Wilson. Once he gets a little bit of pushback, he falls off, falls apart. Like, oh yeah, dude, no, I'm he sorry. immediately folded. Uh, by the way, I was watching the Seahawks and uh, Texans game on Red Zone because that was the only one possession game, so it kept coming on. Dude, they talked it, about that's yeah, that was painful. I didn't want to watch that at all, but yeah, that was a good point. I, I thought the same thing. This sun, the Sunday football kind of sucked actually because all. The, the morning session was bad this week. The morning morning session, it was market correction week. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. was, it was everyone who was <laughs> terrible <laughs> getting beat up by teams that are good. And also I think there was one weird upset in there. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, anyways, I can't remember either, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of Titans jags in the morning games. Yeah. Uh, but I was watching that game and they were talking about, they interviewed Russell before and he's, he was talking about, this is how, you know, he's pulling out corporate Russell line where he's like, you know, Derek Jeter only played for one team. You know, Michael Jordan played for one team, even though he didn't. And he's like, you know, only, <laughs> yeah, only yeah. so many. It's like only so many. Oh, Kobe Bryant only played for one team. And it's like only so many athletes get to play for one team their entire career. And I would like to be one of those people. I'm like, oh, he's hitting all the corporate lines right now as he's as he's leaking that he would want to go to the the Saints or the Giants. I'm like, at the same time, he's doing corporate. He can't have it both ways. I hate that about him. He thinks he's like, he can't have it both ways. He wants to be loved and, you know, a God fearing man. And then you know, the same breath he wants to like, I don't know. I hate that. If if you give us the impression that you're more than you are, and then you aren't that people are instinctively going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be disappointed because I don't believe the bullshit about Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson puts that on so that he can be the face of Bose headphones and that he can be the face of Alaska airlines. And so he can have, you know, uh, perfume or what is it? Cologne <laughs> yeah, endorsements yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be on the cover of GQ. Like that's what helps Russell Wilson's brand is like by, by making yourself look like the God fearing loving husband who also is the face of the Seattle Seahawks and, you know, makes a shit ton of money as a corporate sponsor, then that's a benefit. That's what you trade off in exchange for being not genuine. And 
you know, being Russell Wilson, who never says anything interesting, just never says anything interesting. The one time he did, we all, we, we were all confused. Cause he's like, wait, Russell Wilson might have an issue with his offensive line. That's the most concrete thing. Russell Wilson's ever said. Yeah, Russell Wilson actually has an opinion. Shocking. Yeah. Russell Wilson also has a coach. I think is I think he passed away last year, but Russell Wilson has like a coach that or had a coach that like trained him on how to always give concrete answers. Never give any like real important answer. It's just like a cliche coach to like train your mind to say that. It's really interesting. Tom Brady had one of yeah. those too oh, years and years okay. ago. Okay, so I was going to say there's never been a human being on this earth who says more with no substance than Tom Brady. He gives full. Jameis Winston's bro. pretty close. Jameis Winston's pretty well, good. J- J- but Jameis Winston, like, it's just a goat. So I don't. I Jameis Winston different. makes us question whether he's smart or not. We know Tom Brady's <laughs> smart. Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston yeah. is really smart. He just makes us question whether he's smart no, or not. Jameis Winston is either the smartest guy on this earth or he's just like, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, have you no, ever no, have I, you ever I, seen Jameis Winston in a film room? Oh my! They, so, there was this video hey, of him so, at Florida State. He's so smart at football. Yeah. So, um, uh, locally, there's this guy named Scott Zolak. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, but he played yeah, for I the know Patriots. Used, yeah, I was gonna say I know he used to play football. And but, but he um is the he's the radio um like the uh the color commentator for the for the for the Patriots radio. Yeah. And he said that he he. What I like about him is he's a complete homer, but he says it like it is. So he's like, what he hears, he actually says. So like, whether it's like someone who I'm within the Patriots telling him he's going to, he's going to say it. So he said that he talked to a guy that he really respects is that he's never met a smarter person football related than James Winston ever. They said that something about him, you put him in a football, you put him in a film room he literally knows exactly what's happening before it even happens. And there, and th- that's why it's like, it doesn't make sense why he's not like borderline, like great. It's just like, it might just be like a, like a mental thing, but smart. Holy crap. He's really smart. Yeah. And also I think he was failed because in Tampa, he was playing in offenses that were ran by Dirk Cutter and yeah. Dirk, Dirk Cutter offenses have uh, basically we're not doing those anymore. Basically, we're yeah, not we're not yeah. employing Dirk Cutter. He, he didn't it didn't work with Jameis, didn't really work with Matt Ryan. So we're not really giving Dirk Cutter jobs anymore. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And honestly, too, I, it's actually funny you just brought that up. I was just uh, I was just I was just actually um, talking about this all day to one of my friends. The NFL quarterback is the hardest position to be great at because you have to be so lucky to get in a good system right off the jump. Because think about how many great, borderline great quarterbacks that should have been good, but their teams ruin them. Like, like if, if, if the Jags are not careful, dude, like that's going to be next. Well, also, like, this is the part about Urban Meyer. Well, they might fire Daryl, but I've been saying for nine weeks, just fire Daryl Bevel. I don't know why we're still doing Daryl. But when they first hired him, I'm like, why are we still doing Daryl Bevel as often? Well, they should be they should be firing Urban Meyer. But I, I, I agree with you. I hear. Oh yeah, no, but this is the problem: is that Shad Khan wants oh. to be penny pincher guy. Uh, did you read the the Tom Pelissero report? About, yeah. Uh, so yeah, dude, that? holy 
yeah holy crap I, I i read it was literally like grabbing my mouth going oh my like every single time one of the things i thought was most interesting in there that didn't get a lot of traction was that apparently shad khan had been waiting three years to hire urban meyer like when urban left ohio state yeah. he's like i want that guy as head coach of the jaguars and so and, and it's funny because i saw that too and i, I kind of like did a double take at it um it was like why why <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean I, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, like this is this is just flaming out spectacularly for Urban Meyer at this point. And oh yeah, it's at this point, if he keeps him around for an extra year, it's only to inevitably fire him next year because yeah, he, he does. When you lose the locker room, it's over. Like you have no recourse in this situation. It's why. Um, I'll never forget. There's only one time I can remember where it's really happened, where the Raiders were were terrible this year. I think this was 2019. So I think this is the second Gruden season. No, wait, is this is this Vic Fangio's third year with Denver? Uh, yeah, I want to okay, say so that, our, yeah, third year. I want to say yeah. So then that means this was the um, that means this was the first Gruden year where the Raiders were like four and 12 and just yeah, like yeah, terrible. Yeah. yeah, that's when they traded Mac and all of them. Yeah. It, yeah. Which was the most revealing year of Derek Carr. I've seen because <laughs> Derek Carr it, yeah. under, it, the best team he's ever had. He was fifth in passer rating and the worst team he ever had. He was 27th in passer rating. So Derek Carr is as good as the team you put around him. So uh, he he's the cutoff point of franchise quarterbacks. But, but you can still win with that guy if you just put the right thing around him. It's basically yeah, your point. The, but, but go ahead. You can say that with Kirk Cousins too, and the Vikings yeah, aren't winning. Definitely. But anyway, so yeah, the during that year, the last game of the season, which was supposed to be the last game in Oakland, but then they they extended their lease an extra season, so we had like three last games oh, in Oakland. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I remember this actually. It was on Monday night and it was Broncos and Raiders and just, and the Raiders like kicked ass in that game. I'm just watching the whole way. I'm like, oh, they gave up like they they gave up on Vance Joseph. It was only like his second year, too. And he was like seven and nine the first year and six and ten the second year. Like it wasn't terrible. It's just I watched. I'm like, oh, they gave up on Vance Joseph. Like it was just palpably obvious to see they gave up on Vance Joseph. I don't know if that's happening with the Jaguars because the Jaguars are also just a crap football team. So like if they get shut out by the Titans, I'm like, yeah, that's that was possible. But at the same time, feels like nobody respects Urban Meyer anymore. And if that's the case, like it's only inevitable. You're just delaying the inevitable firing. That's what. I feel like is kind of happening with Joe Judge in New York, where it's yeah, like I, I feel like Joe Judge kind of got a raw a raw deal though. Like, but there's a report this week. Report this week says that Joe Judge is probably going to survive through next season. Like he's he's yeah, gonna like, he's gonna coach the team he, in 2022. Yeah, like what do you want the guy to do? The team sucks. Yeah, like, like, like Joe they, Judge. Joe Judge just got a crappy situation. Like Joe Judge, it's not going to work. We know, like we no, know, it's, it's not, not going to work. Like he's so, going to get fired, but like it's just it's just like a it, it's just like it's kind of like a shot um a Josh McDaniels uh, Bronco situation. Even though he had a high pick with Tim Tebow, but but it's kind of like that. Like a great coach, but just never just not the right opportunity. If you're firing coordinators mid season. I think it's it's only a matter of time before things fall apart. But if I'm the Giants, I yeah, talked about this a few weeks ago. Like, why are you introducing Garrett Jobs? Like, like why? I don't understand this. Yeah, obviously it's not going to work. Obviously it's not going to work. 
Like, I, I don't love, understand uh, this. I love what the shutdown full cast said about this. It's a college football podcast that Duke was never actually wanting to hire Jason Garrett, but they just said, you know, it'd be funny. What if we just leaked this and let the internet just live with this? What if we just leaked that we're interested in hiring Jason Garrett and see what people say? Because they're yeah. just like, what if we just trolled everyone and said we want to hire Jason Garrett? And yeah, who I, the, I, who the who, yeah, who wants Jason Garrett? I don't understand. Well, who wants to go coach at Duke? <laughs> that's the other part. That's uh, did he? Did, he went to Duke, right? No, Jason Garrett didn't get the job. It went to like the oh. defensive coordinator at Texas A and M or something. No, 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 no. Sorry, like he, he went to school at Duke, right? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I, the, the, the only reason why I, I just, I just, I just because like that would make your exact the, point. That would make more who the, sense. Who the, yeah, who the heck wants to coach at Duke? That's literally what I thought. I was like, well, he must have went to Duke. Like that's literally exactly what I like my my realization there. Uh, it looks like Jason Garrett went to Princeton. Shit, <laughs> good, which good is for actually shocking. Yeah, Jason Garrett went to Princeton. That's kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> so he's actually kind of smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the reason he was the, he was also Troy Aikman's backup for like five years, which I think is yeah. kind of why he he was so in with with Jerry Jones. Yeah, and then Jerry got Jones ten years as a coach. Yeah. Now he hired another shadow coach, which is funny. Uh, do you, do, what do you have on Darren Williams versus Frank Gore this weekend? Oh, dude, I just hate this. I hate this. It this, just sucks. No, like, you're not in on it. I, I respect. Okay. Here's my, here's my, here's my actual thoughts on it. I think that it's cool that you live in America and you can, you know, be a professional athlete and your dream is to box, you can box. Like, I, I, I like that. But they have no business being on a freaking Jake Paul, you know, uh, 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 boxing, you know, uh, card because I still think Jake Paul is freaking fraudulent. Like, like now, like, like I'm not trying to tell you that it was rigged and stunted and fake because, like, I think it's like a lazy take at this point. But it's like hard not to draw those lines. Tommy Fury gets injured, and then now Tyson, and then now um, Tyron Woodley's fight. Like, come on! Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? So oh, Woodley it, it, too less, doesn't have it for you. It's not even that Woodley too doesn't have it for me. It's like, like we already saw what we had to see. Like, dude, Woodley, do you understand what's riding on this? You lose to Jake Paul twice. Your career's over, bro. You're a laughing stock. You bet you better win. You oh, better but, win. but he also collected up more money in that last fight than he did in yeah. his entire UFC career. So which which I have like a hard time believing. I'm not saying he's lying. I, I I'm not saying but I just like I don't understand how it's even possible. Like he was a UFC champion. Like I I don't know. Like I have a hard time believing that. I mean, I don't know if he ever had, I mean, I just don't know UFC. Did he ever have like a, a pay-per-view? Like he was the main event. So like he was getting yeah. splits of the pay-per-views. Well, I don't know about the, like how he got paid on it, but I could tell you that he like put on some big cards. Like he, like he arguably is the greatest welterweight of all time. Arguably. That's the reason why I said arguably, because he's in my opinion, he's not like, he's just not, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm just said Woodley's career earnings come in around like five million dollars wow. in his time at uh in the UFC, and it looks like so, so is that just that just UFC earnings, all right? That's not including um, um, yeah, no, that's just that's just career earnings. Um, uh, so I mean, I'm I'm listen, I'm dude, get that back. That's not what I'm saying either. Like, I like once again, you live in America, go ahead and do it. I have no problem with that, but just this like, is, yeah. I, I'm also uh, with Jake Paul. According to Sporting News, it says his highest paid fight was his fourth welterweight defense against Darren Till in September of 2018. He earned $600,000, uh, including wow. incentive bonuses from that fight. And so the only problem with him is he doesn't put on a show. Um, like he doesn't sell the fight well because he just yeah. he just fights, which, which I respect. Like he just kind of like shows up and fights, but. But that's a huge um, part of this. That's where that's where the Paul brand comes from. Is like, yeah, yeah. we we can sell they, they this sell the fight. fight, and then the yeah, fight's not do. actually going to be that good. Oh, dude, I'm so done with the Jake Pauls. I want him out of my face. Like, I mean, I'm just you can do what I do. Not going anywhere. I can't, dude. I just can't. It just it sucks me in. I watch it every time, but I'll pay for it though. I'll tell you that I'm never going to pay for it. Yeah, just bootleg it. Everyone listening yeah. is if you're gonna watch the fight, bootleg it. Like I might Steal actually it. do because I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see like Darren Williams with the size advantage, like send Frank so, Gore into Nate Robinson purgatory where his like soul is lifted. Frank Gore has hands. Like yeah, Darren I, Williams is like six three though. No, Frank Gore no, is like five eight. But I've heard that like Frank Gore like is like borderline feared among other peers because of his, like, he actually can fight. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that Darren Williams can't, cause I, I don't really know much about him, but that, I don't know. I Okay. Let's put it this way. I'm more interested in that fight than the entire, than the Jake Paul. Cause I just like, I just have no interest in it. Cause Jake Paul, like, you know what I mean by saying it's rigged, even though yeah. I don't think it's rigged, it's a lazy take, but like, it's, still just like it, it's like right in your face how can't you think that type of thing it's like boxing like jake paul picks opponents he know he can beat. he knows he can beat because it keeps yeah. the money rolling it's it's floyd mayweather yeah. strategy like he keeps the money rolling because he faces yeah. opponents he knows i love he how you said beat. that i love how you say that too because people people i mean I, I do think floyd is like you know he's not the greatest of all time he's like definitely in that conversation but don't don't let, let anyone tell you he ducked all the good people he fought the people that he know he could beat to, so he can of make course. the most money like I, but I also have nothing wrong with that. It's just the truth. Like, don't tell me that he did it. You know what I mean? Floyd Mayweather holds up a mirror to us because, like he says, it's it's legalized bank robbing. When it comes to legalized bank robbing, Floyd Mayweather is the best at it. Like, he knows. That, that is a great quote. That is a yeah, great quote. He knows even if he fights these crappy people, you're still going to pay. Like, even yeah, if he fights the best Floyd people. Mayweather. Yeah, you're still going to pay. If he fights Manny Pacquiao, seven years after their primes yeah twice yeah. you're still going to pay like you're still gonna pay the same amount you would have years ago except now i know i can beat manny pacquiao i can fight conor mcgregor you're still going to pay like it he knows how to play this game and jake paul's like taking the he's taking the card out of his book and then using it with his oh, following and people who are they not said that they said that jake paul made 250k i think or 200k it's like in, around that yeah from the, the numbers are weird hat. yeah the numbers are weird because he always takes less to pay fighters more which again jake paul freedom fighter in <laughs> who's also you know which is so annoying fights. 
I know. It's annoying because he, he's he, doing a good thing and I don't like no, when but, bad people but, do good but things. But it's like he's doing it just because, just 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 because. Like that's why I don't like him. Like I like obviously I'm like, oh Jay, good, good job, man. Good job. But I hate yeah. you. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like it's, it, sometimes I I mean we we've talked about this before because we talked about the last thriller fight. Like it, it sucks when people do good things but they're bad people because you're like i'm glad you're doing it but i don't want you as my ally <laughs> i don't yeah, want you yeah, to be fighting I, this fight with me i don't want to be yeah a... i want nothing i want nothing about this conversation to say i i, I support you <laughs> it makes me <laughs> you know start I mean? to question whether i'm fighting the right thing i have to double take yeah i'm like wait i i should be fighting for this right like it's good well, that fighters are making i can tell money. you this that that jake paul also basically convinced me like he convinced the world that he's a, he, that he's supposed to be here. Clearly, yeah. I, I don't. I, I just and not just his own audience. He's convincing like the real like sports world. Like people are casual boxing fans, but like the real. This is on es like ESPN is talking about it. Sports talk radio. And you know how is talking you about know it. how it's real. Actual boxers are calling him out because they know because they're either like, damn, he's getting the payday, or like I want to show this kid up. He is a freaking genius, and I don't want to give him too much credit for it because I'm not sure if he's actually doing it just because he's like lucky, or he's like arguably like one of the mo- one of the smartest people of all time. Like, there's no middle ground with this guy. It's, it's just, a little bit of both. Like, not not smartest person of all time. It's just that he marketing at least. Yeah, I talked about this yesterday with Steph Curry, where I thought the Steph Curry generation was coming after this whole run, and and it hasn't really. Like, there are no other than like Trey Young and like Marcus Howard for two years at Marquette. Like, you can't really point to like these Trey Young or these Steph Curry children are coming. It's such a rare, like, yeah, I don't know. Jake Paul came into the boxing world at a perfect moment in time. Yeah, like if he I tries agree. this years and years ago, it doesn't yeah. work. It's just that yeah, it was a perfect confluence of events that gave him the opportunity. And once he got the opportunity, he's done really, really well with it. I also talked about this with Dabo Swinney because his entire staff left at Clemson now and that dynasty is pretty much over. It's like Dabo got lucky that Deshaun Watson, who was a five-star recruit, happened to go to Clemson and then once he got that championship with Deshaun Watson capitalized on it by bringing Trevor Lawrence and five-star recruits in to win another championship like it's who just, arguably who arguably like like from from the people that I respect say he's the greatest prospect of all time yeah like just happened to get that luck at Clemson which again is like the 23rd highest athletic budget in college football like just unbelievably lucky that you know Deshaun Watson wasn't recruited by Georgia wasn't recruited by Alabama wasn't yeah, why wasn't by, he why what he wasn't recruited or he just he just like wanted to go to Clemson uh Alabama had um Alabama was not doing the quarterback recruiting thing and what um I read Deshaun Watson's book many years ago I don't want to I don't want to put this out here now but it's not great to be on the Deshaun Watson train but t- a couple of years ago I was reading his book Desha- and he's yeah. like I used to love Deshaun Watson I I have no opinion on him right now I just Yeah don't. we just stay away from that stuff in, yeah. from a personal yeah. side but um yeah. Deshaun Watson was talking about his recruiting and he's like he was from Atlanta area and Georgia just didn't recruit him and so part of it is that the local school after Georgia is technically Clemson. Like that's the yeah. next closest big Yeah, I was going to say that. And he was like a four-star recruit. So like 
people knew he was really, really good, but they didn't know he was going to be that. It's kind of like what happened with Justin Herbert, where Justin Herbert didn't go to any. He went to one like uh, Justin Herbert went to like one essentially AAU camp in his entire time in high school. The reason he ended up at Oregon is because he was literally born in Eugene, Oregon, 15 minutes away from the Oregon Ducks stadium. <laughs> yeah. Deshaun Watson happened to be born near Clemson and uh, Dabo promised him when he was recruiting him. He's like, if you come here and play for me, I will not recruit a quarterback for three years. That's, that's what he promised Deshaun Watson. He's like, you'll play as a freshman and I won't recruit a quarterback for three years if you come play. And oh, and um, going to, uh, uh, sorry, recruit yeah, wasn't going to recruit three, a three quarterback years. for three years if Deshaun Watson committed to him. Yeah, is basically what he said. So it happened to be Deshaun Watson happened to be born near where Clemson yeah. was. Georgia yeah. chose not to recruit him, and uh, Dabo basically promised him, "If you come here, I won't recruit a quarterback for three years." Like, so basically, you, it's you and nuts. Me. He put his nuts on the table and said, uh, "I'm hoping that you're the next big thing," and he was right. Yeah, and then after Deshaun Watson, ha- Deshaun Watson, like with basically four star recruits, beat a team of all five star recruits in the national championship. Uh, the second yeah. time because they lost in 2015 and then they won in 2016. Um, yeah, I don't know that, if you remember that, that, the... that Clemson run is crazy actually. Now that you say that, because it kind of came out of nowhere. The first one was crazy. The second one was okay. Now we've won a championship. We're going to recruit all five stars and get all five stars in here. And by the way, get lucky that the two greatest quarterbacks of a generation, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields happened to again be born in the state of Georgia, 15 minutes apart from each other. Like just by a weird coincidence, Georgia recruits Justin Fields. And then Trevor Lawrence is like, well, Alabama's not recruiting me. Let's go to Clemson. And Trevor Lawrence happens to be one of the great quarterback (laughs) prospects of the last Just by ridiculous coincidence that three of the greatest quarterbacks in college football of the last 10 years all happen to be born right next to Clemson like just by ridiculous luck yeah and then um, those two and win another they recruited that other kid too they recruited that other kid too that um uh he just he's one of the transfer portal he wasn't he like the number one prospect for court court, uh, quarterbacks coming out of high school uh talking about Kelly Bryant no no it's like it's like that weird name Um, oh the guy now oh uh I got yeah. you. I, the guy who's the quarterback now at Clemson. Yeah. It's always fun when I get to say his name and people are confused how I know it. It is. You mean DJ Oyungalale? Y- yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah. DJ. DJ. Yeah. The guy who was in Dr. Pepper commercials at the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Just didn't, both- he, didn't he get going to the transfer portal? I don't think he went into the transfer portal. I think that was Spencer Rattler at oh, Oklahoma, okay. but um, they, the we luck were, ran yeah. out. DJ uh, in the 2020 class, he was the number one quarterback prospect. prospect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's from I think he's from either Los Angeles or somewhere in California. I think, uh, but basically the luck ran out because DJ is not a number one prospect. Like DJ, the luck just ran out for Clemson that they thought he was the number one recruit and he wasn't the number one recruit. They just, they just ran out of luck at that position. And then they're now a team of all four star prospects and they're, you know, nine and three instead of, you know, 11. Yeah, they're, one. Just, they're just going to need uh, some really good coaching. 
And I'm well, not sure. Guess they can what? Do that. They also had the same coaches for a decade. They had Brett Venables was there since 2012. Their athletic director was there since 2012. Their offensive coordinator was there since 2014. They all uh, left within 72 hours. All of them left within 72 hours of each other. Why? Well, is it because, uh, because they're not good anymore? Or they went nine and three, and uh, Venables got the job at Oklahoma. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about that. He turned down like eight or eight, nine or 10 division one offers over the last like six years. He just kept turning. He's probably just waiting for the, he's waiting for the right one. He was waiting for the right one. He was the highest paid assistant in college football at Clemson. And his son is a linebacker at Clemson. Uh, So all of that combined, he stayed at Clemson and then now left. And then the athletic director got a giant pay raise from Miami. So he's not that the athletic director at Clemson's now the athletic director at Miami for like three times his salary he was making at Clemson. And then the offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott just left to be the head coach at Virginia. So all, wow. all of his coordinators for his entire dynasty just left. Well, they all did. They all just got paid. The pay, I mean, they all got like, it wasn't like they just left just because of, you know, they, they left because they all got better jobs, right? Basically. Yeah, but they had turned down jobs in the past. It was just this year was the year they all decided to take yeah. their jobs. And it's just uh, once it, it's just bad luck. The for, other co- uh, the other sweet. co-offensive coordinator left the year before to go to like South Florida or something. So that was like the start of the transition uh, downward. He's like the wide yikes. receivers coach slash passing game coordinator or something. Left so they're not going to be good anymore. They're going to be what they are that now, like they, they, they're going to be like what Notre Dame is basically like they can make the college football playoff. They can win the ACC. The college football playoffs is also going to be 12 teams in like three years. So yeah, exactly. Make it easier. Yeah. yeah. They're they're It's not that like they're going to be bad. They're going to be basically what like Notre Dame and Oklahoma are now. They're just not going to be Alabama anymore winning two national championships in four years. They're going to be like what Notre Dame contending. is. Yeah, they're going to be contending for it, and then they get smoked in the... Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of where Clemson's at now. Uh, nice. Before we go, UFC guy, what happened this weekend? Um. Oh, it was a great, it was a great weekend. Um, yeah, Amanda so, Nunez. Yeah, Amanda Nunez goes down. Uh, honestly, I'm not trying to poke holes in Pena. Like, I think that, like, she won, like, for sure. Um. But I just like, I just think it was like, it was just something wrong with Amanda Nunez. Like, I think Amanda Nunez is kind of like actually done. Like, she wants to, like, some people, there's like floating out there that she wants to retire. Um, she doesn't have that like killer thing anymore. That happens a lot with, with fighters. Like, people just don't understand that like the whole thing's a freaking grind. So they don't always want to stay in it. So that's why, like, I mean, I mean, Penny was like a, was like a, um, I think plus 1000 um, dog. Like it was like, it was like that type of, or it was, it was insane. Yeah. It was so, ridiculous odds on that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I, I, I don't know what happened with uh, Charles Oliveira and um, uh, Dustin Bory. Like Dustin Bory. Yeah. He just, he just doesn't have a great, he doesn't have a great grappling. Like it's not bad. Um, he's just a bit more of a striker, but that's what Charles Oliveira does. Like I have a, I just like can't believe it's how he got submitted. It's kind of embarrassing, like to get submitted standing up like that. Like, I don't know. That's weird how all of that goes down. But like I yeah. said, I, I, I was like casually passing by it and uh, someone I know is talking about the UFC fight. And they're like, yeah, Nunez is going to win and Poirier oh, is probably should, favored. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think I think Poirier was uh, minus one fifty or two hundred or something like that. And but then, then it's um, just like a carnage weekend in the sport because Nunez is a massive favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like uh, guys, everyone, anyone who's listening, do not bet the favorite minus a huge number. Like if it's like minus eight hundred, minus a thousand, always throw like twenty bucks on the dog because. <laughs> Because the UFC, that's just what the UFC is. Just lucky. Things happen. You know, just like people break legs. Like there was one time where I, there's this girl, uh, her name was, uh, oh, I forget, I forget her name, but she was like a, she was like a plus 800 favorite. I mean, I mean, um, uh, underdog. And I put like 20 bucks on her. Cause I was just like, whatever. Like, you know, the girl who she was fighting Tori ACL in the first round, she won. It's like, just like that happens. It just, it just happens. Oh yeah, and Cody Garbrandt got knocked out, and uh, Sean O'Malley is the future of the sport. That guy, he freaking destroyed the guy he was fighting. And from, I mean, I, I don't know much about that guy that he fought, but from what I was told, he's like a real fighter, and he beat him in the first round. So Sean O'Malley is going to be getting some real fights soon. He, like apparently, like Dominic Cruz, uh, this and Dominic Cruz fought too. That that was a great card. That was that was an awesome card actually. I, I had a good time watching that. Yeah, this, the the thing about betting reminds me of the story of the guy who placed like a hundred and eighty thousand dollars on Mike Tyson to beat Buster Douglas at like yeah, no, just, like just don't do it, just don't do it. <laughs> it, it. Everyone's like, oh, it's free money, it's free. Money. No, it's not. It's no. not free money because eventually it's happen. Gonna, eventually, if you bet it long enough, one of the upsets are going to happen. If if you keep betting, like the, those the only person signs. that it hasn't happened to is Floyd Mayweather, but like everyone else, like that that, that that's once again how boxing is so stupid because they could take whoever they want to fight, which is so dumb. Like it shouldn't be that way. It should be like, you know, like the UFC at least like, you know, like they pick their fights, but it's like, they can't pick them all. Like there are people who are in line for a title shot. You know what I mean? Like you can't just duck everybody forever. Like you have to fight the good fighters. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it you happens know, every Mayweather. now and then. We're like Floyd fights Canelo, and it's like, okay, yeah. that's a big one, but it only but happens Canelo every was so like, often. Canelo was like young, though. Yeah, no, this was this was not. It's Canelo's only loss still, but it, it's not the same yeah. Canelo that it is now. But he was it's like just a child, it, and, and everyone forgets that too. Like it's all about primes. And all, oh yeah, Floyd was you know was the first one to tell you what. He was in the middle of his prime. What are you talking about? No, he wasn't, dude. No, but like that 10. serves that serves Floyd Mayweather well, though. Yeah, is is definitely. to play that up because it's it's one of those fights that we remember from his career. Did did he fight Oscar De La Hoya? I can't remember. Uh, I don't. I mean, he he fought fifty. What was he fifty one and zero or fifty and zero? Fifty like, so and I, I, fifty in the exhibition against Logan Paul. <laughs> Yes, yeah, but that didn't count. Yeah, what, no, of course they didn't determine a winner. It's just an exhibition. They just make sure you go the distance and, and legalize bank robbing, basically. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.